Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Marketing Agility Podcast. This is Frank Days. Roland, how are you doing today? I am great. I'm back in San Francisco from a couple days at DrupalCon in Seattle, which was exciting and fun. I was just thinking about you. One of my colleagues was there and thinking about what a great open source conference it is and all the cool things that come along with it. Yeah, well, this was the year of the first marketing track at DrupalCon. Those, they let the marketer guys in? They let the marketers in. I've been at a few Agile conferences where I was the token marketer, which was always entertaining. I guess you were more than the token marketers, just probably a key sponsor. Some changes in the podcast too, Roland, right? Some things to share coming soon? Yes. I'm looking forward to getting a little help. We're going to get a little help from our friends at Pantheon. That's right. And we have a new producer and hopefully it'll help us increase the velocity of our podcast and, and get us on a more regular cadence more than say once a quarter, like we're running now. Exactly. Yep. So stay tuned for some improvements to our website. So Drones, do you want to introduce today's guest? Yeah, happy to. So I'm excited to bring on Thomas McMillan. He is the vice president of marketing at CompuCom. And Speaking of Pantheon, shortly after we heard from Thomas, I learned that he was just coming over to the Pantheon platform, which is exciting for me. So I'm looking forward to hearing um, from Thomas about the work that he's doing. Of course, we could talk a little bit about his web team. When he reached out, he shared that he has a couple of agile teams running um, using Kanban. So we're going to dig into that. Should we dial him in? Hey, guys. It's Thomas. Oh, hey, Thomas. Hey, Thomas. Thanks for joining. Good to be here. So, Thomas, I was just sharing that you're at CompuCom, and before that, you were at Lowe's and Texas A&M. We'd love to start the conversation just by learning a little bit about how you came to Agile. While I was working at Lowe's, I had worked in the marketing organization for maybe seven years or so, and then I actually did a move over into our digital group, working on Lowe's.com and later on lowesforpros.com. And in that time is when I really kind of came into Agile as we utilized Agile practices for our development. As I moved over to CompuCom, I took more of a, a pure marketing role and saw some opportunities to utilize what I'd learned in the digital e-commerce world over into the marketing function. Awesome. So you are the classic transition from somebody who's more technical coming into the marketer's world. Of course, we see a lot of that. One of the things that comes up when we see that, though, is um, technical teams are usually able to operate in a more prescriptive manner. You know, they're they're a little more, I'll just say, process oriented. So what what was the transition like when you came into marketing? Don't forget that I had I'd previously spent about seven years in marketing before I went into digital. I kind of went marketing digital back into marketing. So it was really interesting time frame. But as I kind of went in and from the agile practices, you know, in, in CompuCom world, it was like we had a lot of inefficiency, you could say. We had lots of big initiatives that we were trying to get out the door. And I just observed, you know, continuous things just pushing. And it was the classic uh, waterfall, you know, because we were trying to get uh, so many different things working together before you actually push it live. And I was like, well, we can utilize agile practices within the marketing function. And that's kind of how I kind of uh, started thinking about it in terms of, you know, putting it in place in the marketing team that I lead. 
So you've been in a larger environment like Lowe's. You've been in a, a smaller, smaller, at least working group, right, at CompuCom. I mean, can you contrast for our audience a little bit about the differences in your practices of Agile in those two different places? Yeah, it's very different. Very different. At Lowe's, we had we you know we had consultants, we had coaches, uh, we utilized um, Jira. We had lots of different agile teams within the e-commerce function. So it was a a practice that you know over time you know, and I saw it kind of grow over time into you know the, the fabric of that organization. And so it was a very you know mature in the agile practices at Lowe's in the digital group. And so at CompuCom, I mean, there was no agile practices within the marketing function. And so I had to, just from a team perspective, I really had to kind of like do the the whole things can be different speech within, with even in my organization, right? Like, hey, the things can be different and we can think differently about how we do work. And really, I'm, I'm kind of was the champion, if you will, at the end of the day, and us starting to implement things within our group and, and how we could possibly do things differently. And really, I had to get buy-in of all my people. Obviously, in this case, you know, I'm the leader of the organization, but they've done things in different, you know, in a different way up until that point. And so we just kind of bit it off into smaller chunks uh, first in, in order to be able to, you know, show some wins at the end of the day. Yeah, a lot of my research has shown that the biggest impediment is executive buy-in. So you've got that. You're leading the team. Yeah, I've got it. Even my chief product officer, chief marketing officer, you know, we had had discussions about how could we become a more agile marketing organization. I kind of had that buy-in from the beginning, which was nice. Yeah, and if you look at the recent research that Agile Sherpa's published, Andrea Freirier's work, she shows her the top impediment as being education. And it sounds like that's where you started. Once you had the executive buy-in, you went to, okay, let's get people on board with why this makes sense and why it's important. You're right. Um, so talk about, did you make an investment in certification training? No, we didn't. And we're a pretty lean, scrappy group. So from that perspective, I utilized my background a little bit. Shared, uh, I mean, I went through the Agile Manifesto. From that perspective, I didn't invest in training. We did uh, a couple of different things. I, I went through decks with the team on, you know, different different ways that we could do it. You know, I, I mm -hmm. utilize Kanban um, practices. So like, this could be how we do what I call business as usual tasks. And these are different ways. And so we had utilized the platform that would allow us to do something like that pretty easily. And so we just started trying it. And I tried it first with uh, my creative team, then uh, with our content team. So that's kind of how I, I went about it from that perspective. And then we we also utilize Scrum from a sprint perspective. We utilize sprints on our larger uh, cross-functional projects, if you will. Um, and so that's kind of how we've kind of really uh, embraced it. Um, but we haven't from, you know, pure bringing and coaching, all that type of stuff. And that's just more because of, you know, budget, et cetera. Sounds like you are the trainer. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I try to I lean on just the core agile principles of, you know, it's the team who decides different things. And, and from that perspective, I try not to be so prescriptive and try to keep it, you know, more as a, as a framework. Uh, so that way we can, um, we can adjust based off of our needs, right? Cause marketing is a little bit different. 
Yeah. So one of the questions we often get from people, and I hear it all the time, is, so where do I get started? Like, it sounds like you did some training, you tried to get some executive buy-in. I mean, okay, you got, you've got all that buy-in. How did you pick the first pro- project or the first group or the first bucket of work that you got to manage? And- we were in the process of like, okay, we need to launch a campaign around, you know, downloadable asset. So we had to write the asset. Um, we had to create all of the advertisements, drip campaign, et cetera. And so I was like, hey, well, we've got to do this. Why don't we try this and put a creative person, a content person, the demand gen marketer, and some of the folks from our digital marketing team on a team and just tell them, hey, this is the campaign. We let the marketing person from the demand gen team kind of be the product owner for the for the actual sprint uh, since they had the campaign brief and everything else. And I just said, hey. You got three weeks, go make it happen. I did check in with them every week. After the, probably the first two, they started really getting going after that. Cause then they were like, Hey, we have all this flexibility. We can work together. And that's where we really started seeing payoffs. So did they build a backlog? You taught them a little bit about Kanban, I take it. Did they have their backlog out of the gate? Were they chopping things down into MVP releases? How did that work? We broke it down with a marketing group into a good chunk of work. The backlog essentially is the marketing campaigns that we do. This is from a Scrum uh, perspective, right? So what are we going to put in sprints? Everything else I call business as usual that you know, may be normal projects, et cetera. And we run that through, we use Asana. We put in their work, it goes in their backlog, if you will. And then we as a leadership team kind of look at that and say, hey, you know, we prioritize that backlog. But from a, the sprint process that we were utilizing, uh, we did it based off of the major, the key major campaigns that we had within our marketing plan. So are these campaigns driving the formation of your teams or are the teams steady and it's driving the sort of priorities and epics in a given sprint? Yeah, it's probably more epics within a a given sprint. And so what we typically do is we predetermine, hey, this is going to be a campaign on managed workplace services, which is something that CompuCom does. Maybe there's going to be some kind of gated asset that may be within it. The marketing manager will be like, okay, hey, this is what our budget is for this particular um, campaign. We may have, you know, different social ads that we may want to do. And and that's not determined at that point what it exactly is going to be. It's just we just know we have budget. And then the marketing team comes together. We assign people from different teams to go into the sprint and they work on it together. So that way we rotate different people in any given sprint. Like, let's just say we might have a social person. We might put a search engine marketing person within the sprint, et cetera. So it's a cross-functional team. They have the campaign brief, and here's some of the major things we need to do, but like how they set up the different A-B tests that we may put within that campaign, that's all determined within that sprint. When you're done at the end of a, an individual sprint, are you running a demo meeting? Are you sharing this out with the broader organization or broader, like the, the company as a whole? And or what does your retrospective process look like? We have, I would call it more of like a, a couple different things. We, we actually serve two different groups within our organization. We work with, we're actually a wholly owned subsidiary of, of Office Depot. So we got two different things. The sprint team does a demo at the end of the sprint of everything that they've done. We do a check-in, kind of like a creative review, I guess you could say, a couple different times 
um, within the sprint, like on Friday. We typically have like a standing Friday where if they have stuff that they need to show us, we just have kind of like a quick drop in. They show, hey, this is what we've got done this particular week. If they need like an okay to move forward or something like that. At the end of the sprint, they kind of showcase like everything. They put it in a nice deck, but if it's like a kind of depending on what it is. We've built websites before in the timeframes. They'll actually show that uh, at the end of the sprint. The retrospective is kind of interesting. The team does a retrospective with themselves. And then what I try to do is have me and my leaders come in at the end of the sprints as well and be like, hey, what worked, what didn't work? Is there anything I need to do from a leadership perspective? We've made changes over the last you know year um, cause that we basically were doing the creative and the content. Right. And so then it's, and then it uh, was done. It was like, okay, we gotta go put it in the market. Uh, how do we do that? And so we've started putting what we call activation weeks within there that the team is actively working together to, you know, get it in the market. We're adjusting based off of what the team feels is the need. Essentially we're getting kind of mature now to where now it's like, we may need to, you know, actually start investing more into some more formalized coaching, et cetera. Well, what do you see as the greatest challenges in this whole process of bringing it over with you to CompuCon? One challenge is, like you said earlier, we were talking about, like, how do I coach everybody up? So that's a challenge for me, right? How do I educate the team? What their thoughts and stuff like that are, are around Agile. I find myself having to do a lot of that and then sending out articles, et cetera, whenever I see stuff to folks. Um, so that's a challenge in and of itself. Right. And like, for instance, at Lowe's, we had a lot more tools. Like we, you know, we utilized things like Jira. It was kind of formal from the marketing perspective. I've allowed it to be a little bit more flexible to meet our needs just because it's different on, you know, in terms of whatever campaign, because I've tried to make it to where it's flexible in case of whatever the different types of things we may need to do. So that way, if, if there's a major piece of work that we need to do, we can look at it and say, all right, we need to completely come up with messaging and build a website for something. We have the ability to be able to do that. From a prioritization perspective, I can easily do that. And that's what I really wanted at the end of the day is how can, how can I have that ability to be flexible when something truly is a priority? Do you run into that challenge of people making the tasks too big? I mean, this is my yes. greatest. Yes. This, is my, this is my greatest thing. So it ends up sitting sprint to sprint because no one broke the task down. Yeah, we do. Sometimes they'll be like, we'll get to the end of the sprint. And they'll be like, hey, we didn't, we didn't get everything done, you know, that we needed to get done. I don't know how your team is, but my team, I have a bunch of enthusiastic and optimistic people. How do you guard against the <laughs> too many things in the, like, you know, today's the last day of a sprint. We've got like 60 things still in the sprint. And, you know, obviously a lot of it's work in process, probably half of it. The other half is just, I really wanted to do with the sprint, but I didn't get to it. And we're not very dogmatic about sizing, which is maybe part of our challenge and capacity planning. Yeah. We're not really dogmatic about that part either. I mean, they're pretty upfront with me. They're like, Hey, you know, once we get in that final week, they're like, Hey, it's not looking like it's going to happen or something to that effect. And, you know, they really don't want to let, what I find is they don't want to let me down. So from that perspective, I take the approach of, all right, guys, so what happened? What do we, you know, what, you know, as we're doing that retrospective that we we should be doing a retrospective, but it's more like, Hey, can we add a few more days? Um, normally. Right. 
I have this other challenge where, you know, I've got a couple of members of the team who are exceptionally productive. Yeah. So whenever I start poking at them and asking questions about, you know, do you, think, do you think you're going to, you, no, do you think you're going to get these done? It'll always be like, look, last sprint, I did so many tasks or last sprint, I did so yeah. much work and, you know, yeah, I'm going to get it done. So it's, it's always delicate balance. And then, you know, this one particular person is exceptionally productive and she does like she, she generally lives up to her commitments. So it's a, you know, it's a little tricky, right? I think there is a tension here, Frank, yeah. where yeah, at yeah. the beginning of like, we, we want the folks on the team to get really, really good at right. chopping up things into the smallest possible pieces that they can to make sure that we're heading in the right direction and getting validation early, right? Correct. The, the problem is, so for example, we use the OKR process, right? And we've yeah. got some fairly ambitious goals. One of the problems in the OKR process is that when you're doing it at the beginning of a quarter, you don't have time to actually break things down into pieces. Right. Yep. So yeah. then you're in the quarter, you're doing the work, and the whole point of Agile is that you don't exactly know what you're going to do up front. Right. right. And right. so you don't have the full thing mapped out and broken down. So it's like as you're going, you're breaking down what's directly in front of you. This is the whole concept of grooming, right? This is why the stuff that's bubbling up to the top of the backlog, the, the farther towards the top of the backlog it is, the more groomed it should be. But it's really tough. I, I found for my teams, it's pretty tough to actually manage that and make sure that you're grooming out far enough and that you've got a good sense and so that you're not overcommitting. But, you know, part of my battle is I, I try to take a step, a level of abstraction up from the grooming. And I know that's often hard, but, mm -hmm. and uh, we spend at the beginning of the sprint, I spend a lot of time on the epics and prioritizing the epics. You know, I, Roland hears me make my joke. I use this very sophisticated prioritization technique called ABC, you know, that and, <laughs> and we'll, you know, we'll do a third, a third, a third. And that works pretty well. At least it gives the team the ability to look at epics and go, okay, you know what? Or, or I can do the old look at this and I see there's a bunch of stuff around epic that's a B or a C that's in the current sprint. And I, I can always go back and say, guys, we agreed this wasn't of the highest priority. Let's push this back. So we make the conscious decisions of what gets pushed back rather than stuff just doesn't get done, which is always kind of frustrating. Yeah. We definitely have that challenge too. Like, hey, what can we get done? And then some of the stuff ends up not getting done, or I might push something else that's more of a, a priority. I try to get it to where like whatever we're working on is something that is packaged that can completely go into market. And then, you know, if we're adding on to it, you know, it's a, a nice to have. On the back end, though, it's typically the marketers and the, they're, they're getting a good, the marketer with the team spending time saying, hey, this is kind of like what we normally can do. Do we feel good about that? We, we would be able to commit to that. We don't have as much of a formal process behind that part. Um, most of it is based off of this is what we've been able to get done in this type of time frame in, in the past. So that way they can be flexible within the, within the sprint. Yeah, we're pretty unscientific in how we do it. And it is, I've done this for a number of years where I have a sense of the average task. And I know this is kind of, there's no average, but if you look over a series of four to six sprints, you can average the number of tasks we get done. And for my current team, it's roughly 100. Like it's between 100 and 110, something in that range. Yeah. So I know at the beginning of the sprint, I always try to get 
60 to 70 tasks in there and it's been pretty impossible to get it down that low is have to really 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 be aggressive to get it down that low and it tends to work because you know as you said there's additions and subtractions and reality and learning and all that stuff comes along yeah to the process yeah Thomas, thanks for joining us today. And just as a reminder to our listeners out there, you can find the Marketing Agility Podcast on agilemarketingblog.com. We are still on iTunes by Apple. You can download it to your phone, listen to it. We try to keep these podcasts under 30 minutes because a lot of people have commutes in that time frame. I got some positive feedback from a friend recently who said, I love your podcast. You tend to run, and my commute's 30 minutes, and they tend to run like 26, 27, 28 minutes. But anyways, that's how it goes. If you have a story to tell and want to come on like Tom, go to agilemarketingblog.com fill out the form we have lots of guests on there we actually have a backlog of guests right now and our new producer Adam's going to be helping us put all that stuff together then again to everyone out there thank you for joining us today and please stay agile